Hello, I am Ansi van der Walt, a textile writer at The Fabric Thread. Join me in following The Fabric Thread around the world, where we will discover textiles telling stories about culture, about art, about travels and journeys, as well as books telling stories about textiles. We will meet artisans, designers, artists and makers. We will hear the stories in the hearts and minds behind the hands who make, use and wear the world's textiles. Typically craft objects were made initially for objects of utility or objects of worship or objects of adornment. And that's why we've called this exhibition Curiosity and Rituals of the Everyday. And that element of curiosity is that is the absolute driver behind all invention. The inaugural Indian Ocean Triennale opens this month in Perth, Western Australia. Also known as Ayota 21, the event is a wunderkammer of craft and art from around the Indian Ocean Rim. IOTA 21's project director and co-curator Jude van der Merwe is my guest today to give us some insight into this wonderful event. Today I'm very honoured to have Jude van der Merwe of WA Perth in Western Australia with us to talk about IOTA 21, that is the Indian Ocean Craft Triennale. Welcome Jude. Hello to you, Anzi, and thank you very much. This is lovely to talk with you. I am so excited about this triennale, and I've been following all the planning for a while. So why don't we start off by you telling us what exactly it is? Look, it came about, and it began in 2019, when Garland Magazine, which is the online magazine dedicated to craft stories around the world, did a feature on Western Australian uh, artisans and artists and specifically linking to the Indian Ocean and we had a meeting with all of the people who'd contributed to that and I thought well you know what happens next there are some amazing stories there's wonderful artists but where do we go from here and I talked with a colleague Maggie Baxter about it and we just said well let's do a craft triennale why not so initially we thought we would um approach a major institution and see if we could curate one exhibition. That rapidly grew because there was so much interest. So the uh, Fremantle Art Centre and John Curtin Gallery at Curtin University, which are both extraordinary, wonderful institutions in Western Australia, said, yes, they wanted to be part of it. So we thought, okay, well, we can curate two exhibitions. We can do that. And by that time, we'd gathered a slightly larger group. We did Carola Akindele Obe, a co colleague of mine from some years ago, uh, Kazim Saad, an academic from Curtin University, uh, Gerald Senyangori, a really engaging young man who's had previously curated an exhibition about African contemporary art, and Chad Crichton, who is a, a wonderful um, Aboriginal arts advisor, well, we all joined together and said, okay, this is what we're doing. We're doing this thing. We're going to curate two exhibitions. And very soon after that, other people started hearing about it. And they said, well, look, we want to have an exhibition too. Or can we be in it? Or how can we be in it? And it just kept on growing from there. So we are now in a position where we will have these two major shows opening in September. And in addition, I think another 42 
galleries, museums and venues around Western Australia are also curating their own exhibitions. And that includes the Art Gallery of Western Australia and Janet Holmes of Court Galleries and the Perth Institute of Contemporary Art, among others. So it's an astonishment to me that this has happened. It is so interesting to hear all these stories. And I'm so sorry that I can't be there because obviously I'm on the other end of the Indian Ocean than you are. <laughs> so let's talk about the fact that it is the Indian Ocean Triennale. And um, just explain to us, it is the rim of the Indian Ocean starting at the south point of Africa and then going all around, ending at your end. Mm -hmm. So um, can you put it a little bit in context for us? Okay, so the Indian Ocean is an extraordinary place and it's an ever-evolving and changing place. It's got a magical history. So, yes, you're right, it starts from the southern tip of Africa, travels all around India and right across to uh, Indonesia on the eastern edge and incorporating Australia, but also incorporating Malaysia, Thailand and Singapore and then down the huge coast of Western Australia till we get to Perth, which is almost on the southernmost tip of Western Australia. Do you think Western Australia and Perth in particular has a special significance in the biggest story? I know there's so many local artists that's involved and there's so many traditional crafts that come from there that's involved with it. Do you see the link between WA and the rest of the room? Yeah, absolutely. There, so there are 21 countries uh, in the Indian Ocean Rim. And one of the things about Western Australia, about Australia more generally, is that it has attracted people from all of those countries to come and live here and to make their homes here. So there's a long history of travelling to and from Western Australia. And, of course, Australians are fairly well known as being inveterate travellers too. But we have a really rich cultural threads that uh, we can tap into and vast knowledge, I think. But more important than that, I think one of the things that is important to me, I guess, about this is that this is an opportunity for Australians to learn more about the skills and traditions and histories of the craftsmen and women from all around these countries. That's true, Jude. Before we start talking about the specific exhibitions and the artists involved, let's just go back and talk about craft as a as a thing. You know, craft is is different from art and craft is different from different jobs. Just define the, the concept of craft for us first. Okay, so, you know, anybody who's worked in or been in, in Western traditions of particularly universities over the last 20 or 30 years have heard this whole craft art debate until they're so bored that they just want to curl up and die. Craft itself is something that most of the countries with which we are working in the Indian Ocean Rim and all of Europe don't draw a distinction between craft and what we call fine art. But typically craft is what's known as the, the work, the skilled making using traditional materials of thread, clay, glass, metal, wood, those kinds of things. And, and typically craft objects were made initially for objects of utility or objects of worship or objects of adornment. 
And that's why we've called this exhibition Curiosity and Rituals of the Everyday. So the curiosity part of that is because this is a human thing. It's it's so interesting, isn't it? We can all make something or stitch or make a pot, but it's that mind at work that thinks, well, what could I do with this? What happens to this material if I do that? How will it bend? How will it move? Well, how will it look? How will it function? And that element of curiosity is that is the absolute driver behind all invention. So the rituals of the everyday component of this, we kind of casually divided up into ideas of domestic objects, objects of utilities, the cup utility, the cup you hold in your hand, the plate you eat from, the bowl you put things in, the water carrier that you you craft. So the and the next element of that is objects of adornment, which are as old as time. Humans have been adorning themselves and beautifying themselves with objects that they find, you know, which could be a shell, could be as simple as a shell or a stone or a bead that we feel make us more attractive to ourselves and to others. And then there's objects of uh, spirituality, I guess. And this is that whole thing about the ways in which we acknowledge the spiritual world and the ways in which we acknowledge or worship or pay reverence to the parts of the world that are not necessarily the touchable, the tangible and this is seen, you know, all over the world in, in temples and churches and in offerings. And then the other part that I think is incredibly important is that uh, objects of shelter, the shelters that we created for ourselves and continue to create for ourselves are ones that were crafted. They were made by people who understood the materials that they worked with, whether they were stone or wood or clay. But it's... Uh, The great skill of making involved in creating a safe place for people to live. We think of the utility part of it and that we make something to use, but the adornment and the worship is, like you say, the intangibles. And it's wonderful that we can have that skills and and the tangible. To make it tangible, that's really great. Jude, I think we should live up to the theme of curiosity and keep our listeners in suspense for a while longer by continuing this conversation in the next episode. Thank you, Anzi. It's been lovely to talk with you. When we continue, Jude will share more stories about the artists and artisans whose works are on display, as well as some of the other events and exhibitions that are planned from now until November. 